Welcome to the Hypecast. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Macro Mike, one of the real true pioneers of the health and nutrition game, who um, basically started just baking healthy treats out of his one bedroom house and has exploded his brand into being across Woolworths and all different types of health and specialty stores across Australia. Mike's just a really, really cool dude. Really enjoyed chatting to him. He talked about everything from his upbringing in the UK to how he got here, how he went from being a PT to selling pub crawls to baking, like I said, just in his one bedroom apartment to blowing up his brand, but still constantly on the grind, constantly hustling, which is such a massive inspiration for myself and Miles. And basically, I'm sure you guys, when you get to listen to his story about where he's come from and how he's managed to make it happen. So please share the story if you enjoy it. Um, You can keep tracking along with all our other podcasts. We keep dropping them every Mondays and Fridays. And if you want to find out any more information, hit us up, DM us. Always keen to have a further chat. This podcast is also brought to you by Combat Nutrition, which is one of mine and Miles' brands, um, cmbt.com.au. So hope you guys enjoy and chat soon. in the house. How are you, man? Yo, yo. <laughs> Good to have you in, man. I, I know it's um, been a roundabout journey in terms of when we first met was probably at a trade show and then um, led to me trying to get your peanut butter powder at Biscuit. Um, for those that don't know, trade shows are brutal. So seeing you at that stage and probably a one by one that's turned into a three by three that's almost turned into a nine by nine. It's pretty impressive. So, man, just lead us into what is Macro Mike? I actually only know you as Macro Mike, so you should probably tell people your proper name and, <laughs> and a bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, thanks for calling me Macro Mike, not Magic Mike, like <laughs> everyone else calls me. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, just on Facebook memories yesterday, I think it popped up first trade show we did, and it was, yeah, yeah like you said, one by one, just squeezing into this tiny little stand and I remember like it was literally just riding solo I just filled my car full of product drove up to the fitness expo and um yeah like just took as much product as I could and then I rocked up and I was on this stand with a couple of other businesses and they just kind of laughed and they were like oh well, you know you're never going to sell all that and then I ended up driving back to the Gold Coast that night to get more stock for the next day so it was pretty crazy <laughs> nice. yeah it was it was <laughs> really it was mad and then yeah, just coming into the fitness expo that we're doing this weekend. I think we've got like two six by three stands, like perpendicular. So yeah, it's pretty cool how how like it's sort of scaled from there. Yeah. I guess if we rewind, um, so Macro Mike started with me in a one bedroom apartment, just pretty much making brownies, like making healthy treats, and had the Instagram page Macro Mike. And this was back when. It was kind of getting pretty hot, like tracking your macros and flexible dieting and right in that space. And I guess myself being gluten and dairy intolerant, I saw like a big gap in the market for allergy friendly, macro friendly treats. Um, And yeah, it just started organically. I just used to post all these like crazy creations, like these massive pancake stacks and waffles and brownies on my Instagram page. And I was kind of prepping for bodybuilding shows 
eating brownies and pancakes and waffles and everyone else is eating chicken and broccoli like seven times a day and they're kind of scratching their head like how's this macro mac dude getting shredded and eating these brownies like i want to do that so yeah i guess i used to get all these messages people used to hit me up and then i kind of at the time i was just selling pub crawls just hustling on the streets of surface and i was like oh you know surely there's some kind of business that can come out of this and yeah put some put some products together and through like a post on social media and it, it kind of just went viral overnight and then from there we've just been snowballing and going and that's cool so were you a personal trainer or anything as well is that how you got into counting macros were you a flexible dieter yourself like is that how you sort of started with all of this yeah exactly so i mean if you rewind back to 18 um or even further like i was i was kind of the fat kid at school you know like 14 15 getting bullied and you know i was always overweight and kind of didn't really have much confidence self-esteem and then got into the gym uh and then turned 18 didn't really want to go down the uni track didn't really have like a particular sort of you know career as such that i wanted to do and i saw a lot of people just just you know kind of ticking a box and be like oh i'll, I'll go do like you know a psychology degree and they just because they just didn't know what else to do so for me i was like oh I want to do something that I want to enjoy. And I guess like for me, the gym had kind of completely transformed myself like mentally, physically um, and put me like in a real good headspace. And I was like, well, surely if I've kind of been there, done that, worn the t-shirt, I can kind of go and help other people do that. So did a personal training course and then, um, yeah, spent three years kind of been a pretty successful personal trainer back in the UK. And that's essentially what then led me um on travels and stuff around the world i lived in like the usa for a year and then came to service paradise um ended up kind of changing career into like commission-based sales and all that kind of stuff and that was purely just to give myself more time for training you know because when you're a personal trainer like you know you end up just working 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 and there's no time for you to kind of train so i sort of like yeah i thought you know if i can make money in sort of free like four kind of like six hour stints and then have more time to train and work on myself. And then, yeah, I was I was competing bodybuilding and fitness modeling and all that kind of stuff and tracking my macros and flexible dieting. So that's kind of how it all came together. What, what was your like upbringing? I just want to go right back. What was your upbringing like in the UK? Because I, I was really interested when you were saying I came out of school, I knew that I didn't want to go the uni route. I wanted to become a personal trainer. And essentially when you're becoming a personal trainer, you're almost starting your own business really. And then you're sort of traveling around the world running your own personal training businesses and then you move into sort of commission sales based things and then obviously macro mike comes from this so it sounds like macro mike has come from you know a culmination of all these experiences that you've had starting your own business with personal training then getting into sales and now building you know macro mike which is you know, what it has become today what was your upbringing like in the uk did you have supportive parents did you have people around you that were encouraging or have you come from maybe a more difficult background like give us a little bit of an insight into that yeah cool so um i guess you know like i, I never try and like sugarcoat stuff like i had a pretty um a pretty rough like start to my life like my mom and dad got divorced when i was six like my dad was an alcoholic he died when i was 12 um so things were tough man and like you know my mom did a pretty amazing job like bringing us up and she kind of like she worked hard and I think that really instilled like that work ethic um, in myself and my brother. And I think, yeah, I'd just always been like hustling from from like 12. I remember I used to like 
sell Pokemon cards and I'd like take like snacks and stuff to school and sell them to people. Like I'd take like hot dogs in a flask and buy like bread on the way to school. And then I'd sell like hot dogs at um, break time and stuff. You know, I was always kind of like that sort of hustling mentality, watching um, Dragon's Den, which is like Shark Tank and always kind of saying like, oh man, one day that'll be me. You know, like I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, like make a successful business. And I was always the one playing Monopoly and everyone would be like, oh, you're going to be a millionaire one day. And I'd just kind of giggle. It was never about the money. It was more just about like, it was about the journey and just kind of like creating something for myself. Like I, I knew from real early that I just didn't want to work for someone else. I just, I, you know, I was like, why build someone else's dreams when you can kind of like, you can build an empire for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, yeah, it's always been, it's always been like really kind of like, I guess for me, just, I never really knew what, what sector it wanted to be in. And it, I don't know, like I had all these business ideas for like years whilst I was personal training or doing this and traveling the world. And then it just kind of felt right. You know, this was the one where I was like, okay, cool. I think this is what I can see myself doing. You know, like at the end of the day, it's it's like amazing products. It's, um, you know, it's really helping people with like gluten and dairy intolerances. You know, you're really kind of like sort of pushing the boundaries of plant-based natural nutrition mm-hmm. and it just felt right. Yeah. One, one podcast I was just listening to recently was um, they were talking to this billionaire that I was telling you, Sal, about and they asked, you know, how do you find the right staff? And she said, the one question I always ask is, what was the first thing you ever sold? Yeah. And so they were talking about having that salesmanship and that sales mentality. Obviously, Mike's yeah, packing hot dogs in a flask <laughs> and selling them at school is a pretty good, that's a, <laughs> pretty that's good a, start. To that's his. a killer start, man. I know um, one thing that I love about your story of what you said so far is the fact that um, everyone that we usually chat to on this usually ends up getting into their position for two reasons. One it's organic because they're solving a problem that's relevant to them so they can really, really relate. Your problem being you're gluten and dairy intolerant. We're probably sick of eating a whole lot of things that taste like cardboard and shit. And then just yeah, went, sure. well, flag that. There has to be something better compared to a lot of people just... The normal men- mindset is, well, this is my life and I'm stuck with eating this cardboardy unpleasant type of food you went the other way and said no i'm gonna go out and create my own brand my own image and for those um that aren't familiar with the macro mike brand it's a very very loud proud colorful style brand that obviously represents um who you are and what your company's delivered and everything which is another reason why i'm such a fan of it because it was very much a disruptor um being in sports nutrition for the last 10 years or so, I'd never seen anything like it. When I first saw it, I was like, fuck, this is different. And it made me try it straight away because the norm is, uh, you know what the norm is, yeah, Body, sure. bodybuilder, super, super dark, words like test you jack a bowl or whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it may be. And I was like, fuck, this is cool. This is plant-based, which is what I'm into. And this is colorful. And this is doing something so, so far left field. And then I met you through seeing a peanut butter protein. Tell us about the first product that you actually produced. And did that set the tone for everything else that came for Macro Mike? Yeah, for sure. And, and you touched on some, you know, some real heartstrings there. I think yeah. for me, you know, I was just kind of like so sick of, um, you know, like just if you take the the plant-based protein at the time you know this is going back like three years ago and obviously i couldn't have whey protein i couldn't have like 
um, just typical pea and rice yeah. proteins. They were just so bad. And I was like, you know, drinking all these proteins, just like trying to get them down. And I just kind of said like, surely like this can't be it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like surely someone has to bring something to the market that tastes good. And, and you know, it was very much like people would describe plant-based vegan protein as like, oh, it's good for a vegan protein. Whereas yeah. like I wanted to make a protein you could give to someone that wasn't even plant-based, wasn't even vegan. And they'd be like, yeah, damn, I'd drink that, you know? Um, so the first two products that we brought to market was um, like a healthy macro-friendly brownie mix and then a powdered peanut butter. So I saw I saw a brand um, coming over from the States, which was essentially like a defatted peanut flour with... PB2? Um, PB2, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to call them PB who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, they, they pioneered like telling everyone what powdered peanut butter was. So yeah. they did a lot of groundwork for us. Yeah. But the thing that I found with those guys was, you know, that it was this, this um, defatted peanut flour and then they're just using refined sugar and table yeah. salt, you know? So it was very basic ingredients. Um, you still not, you know, you still kind of like, it's still processed to an extent. You've got that refined sugar and stuff in there. And the macros were okay, but I was like, surely you could make these better. You know, you could put more protein in it, um, lower carbs, re remove the sugar and whatnot. So I guess I played around with increasing the protein content by adding some plant-based protein to it, some pea and some rice protein. Um, replaced the sugar with coconut nectar and stevia, so we could use a lot less sugar and it was sweeter, it was real yum. And then we also just added some natural flavors to it. So natural flavors, you know, come from flavor essences that are then spray dried onto like a carrier. And then if you've got a salted caramel, it makes it taste like salted caramel. So um, we threw together those. And then, yeah, the idea, I guess, at the start was people would buy the brownie mix and then they'd kind of drizzle the powdered peanut butter on top and have it as like a dessert. And it was like a high protein, low fat, uh, macro friendly dessert. And then on the back of that, people would put the, um, PB into their smoothies, into their oats, you know, like um, coconut yogurt, all that kind of stuff. And then I think one day, like, I was at the gym and I, I like, I forgot my protein shake or something. So I had a tub of this uh, peanut butter in my bag. And I was like, oh, what if I just drank this? Like, surely it tastes pretty good. So I put it in my shake, drank it. And this light bulb moment was just like, yeah, wow, this is going to change the game. Like, this is this is the this is the golden ticket right here. And I guess that then formed all the R&D on using peanut protein as opposed to just a pea and rice protein. And it gives it that smooth, creamy, just like game-changing texture, basically. I've got two two things. One is um, that I want to talk to you about is the first time that I um, came across your peanut butter powder. Um, but the first one I want to talk about is, you know, you talk about ingredients, you talk about formulating your own products and things like that. And you're obviously so comfortable with it. And this is a new world for me. I've always been marketing sports nutrition products, but since sales obviously been in hype and we've created more of a product development focus, uh, our service part of the business, I'm just listening to sell talk about formulating products and ingredients and how they work together and all these sorts of things, which is such another world in itself. So there's so many people out there who are like, I want to start a protein brand, but there's so much involved in even just the raw ingredients and how they're put together as to, to, to see whether they even work and taste good and all these sorts of things. Did you have, obviously you were PT, you were bodybuilding, you were in that world, you were tasting protein and stuff like that. So you were sort of in there. Did you have any sort of special training or did you have to just upskill yourself about ingredients? Did you work with manufacturers to find out what works? Like how did that all start? 
Um, yeah, for sure. I guess like if we, if we rewind back to the initial products, you know, just the brownie mixes, the the powdered peanut butters, all that kind of stuff. It it purely came from me essentially, um, you know, being pretty deep into comp prep. You know, pretty starving at the time, like low macros, low low calories. And I guess the 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 goal of my day was to just try and eat as much tasty, clean. Um, macro friendly food as possible so you know I'd, I'd go and just experiment making these crazy protein brownie mixes and it was just a case of yeah trial and error just you know baking hundreds and hundreds of batches of brownies and then I used to mix um, PB2 with plant-based proteins and I guess that's kind of where the idea and stuff came from and then been been like um, been I guess sort of like savvy with um, like my dad was pretty techie and pretty like, you know, he'd just take apart like radios just, just for fun. And I guess there's something internally that understands like mechanics of how things kind of work and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah. I guess like, you know, like sell, you're probably the same, like you can kind of look at a nutrition label or an ingredients panel and kind of be like, okay, cool. So you sort of understand like what goes in there and what ratios and stuff. So it was, it was all just trial and error really. And, um, yeah, just playing around with with some bits and pieces and then we worked pretty closely with uh like a flavor company down um in melbourne who yep. we have like a really good relationship with they they kind of help you know we'll send them a base mm-hmm. and then they help flavor it so that you know the flavor component is what makes it taste really good that's awesome. combined with the sweetener so yeah they um they're really they're really good and yeah called called on the help with some you know food scientists and food techies along the way mm-hmm. but yeah to be honest like a lot of the products probably 90 percent of the products that we do is just yeah just looking at the macros looking at the ingredients and then kind of breaking it down reverse engineering it um and just just testing it yeah i love it because it all starts from like restriction and like bodybuilders who need to in a way restrict obviously what they can consume to get to a physical result are always like being creative and trying to find ways to get that tasty treat in or snack or meal in so they're being so creative sort of you know pulling from all sorts of things and this is a perfect lead into the first time that i saw your your powder because my my partner holly who's the fit pharmacist when she was competing she was looking for all of those things to sort of um she was looking for the, the peanut butters, but with the you know um, lower amount of calories and all these sorts of things that she could fit into her diet, and um, so she brought um, one of your your peanut butter powders, and it was and it was delicious. It was obviously game changing. It was the first time that I'd seen a, a peanut butter powder, so it was obviously innovative in that in that way. And I know you were talking about PB two and things like that, but yours was the first one I saw. Was the bodybuilding or fitness market? always the market that you were trying to hit at the start and then did further markets start to sort of you know become available was it always your intention just to go straight into fitness yeah um great great question i think um because i was pretty i was pretty heavily involved in that fitness space and you know i was competing and i think like a lot of people knew me as macro mike in that fitness industry so um, you know, competing through like it was IMBA at the time and, and doing a few bodybuilding comps. So yeah, I guess that, that market naturally, I sort of knew that, you know, we'd got that market naturally just kind of organically growing. Um, I guess really the, the products, you know, were invented for people with gluten and dairy intolerances. And like Cell said, um, you know, like if you said to a celiac, oh, when's the last time you had a brownie or a cookie, mm-hmm. they just look at you like, nah, like, you know, it just doesn't exist. And 
the options out there are just so bad. They're like cardboard. You know, you go and have a gluten-free pizza base and it just, you know, you just get gypped basically. You pay like $5 extra and it's just terrible. Um, but essentially, I, I guess we created the products um, for that market, but then organically other people that weren't even gluten and dairy intolerant are tasting these and been like, yeah, I don't even care that they're gluten-free. Like I, you know, I can eat gluten, but I choose to eat them over gluten filled brownies because they just taste so good. So I think we kind of like had that small market, which then very quickly just snowballed into this mainstream market where it was people, you know, that just wanted lower fat treats, people that loved peanut butter, people that um, were maybe just like, you know, couldn't fit, stuff into their macros and yeah i mean now like i think the beauty of the products is like it doesn't just fit into one category you know it's like plant-based it's um low fat it's uh natural you know there's so many different avenues that we can go down and i think that's why um it's appealed to such a mass market quite quickly as well Mm -hmm. and you talked about um obviously coming from that bodybuilding world and then building a community there which is obviously really cool one one aspect that i wanted to ask you when you when i was thinking about some stuff when you were coming on is do you think you could have done what you've done without have starting with that type of community because obviously your appeal was to them first but now someone will walk into woolworths a mum that had never known anything about bodybuilding clearly and not realize that that brand started in the IMBAAs and all those other type of bodybuilding federations and you were a bodybuilder previously. Do you think your background in that space is what really, really cemented you being able to get to where you have? Or do you think you could have done it just because your product's sick um, without having that original um, background of where you started there? Yeah, cool question. Um, I think definitely it helped having that community-based um sort of leverage you know i mean social media is pretty tough nowadays you know trying to start like a new brand in 2019 you know 2020 it's pretty tough it's pretty saturated but at the time it was still it was still growing pretty nicely organically you know like the engagement was crazy on my instagram like you know i only had maybe a few thousand followers but i'd get like thousand two thousand likes on a photo you know now we've got like 45k and we barely get like 400 likes on a good Mm, post because of the algorithms and stuff which is cool but um i think it definitely helped having that community to to kind of leverage off yeah um i think it probably fast-tracked the business um but i think probably eventually what we found was with, with the products um it was very much a case of you know like people had been sold like vegan protein vegan protein vegan protein vegan protein all promising that they taste amazing and it, it wasn't until people physically got the product in their hand that they then kind of like sold and converted. So doing things like the trade shows and the fitness expos really helped because we had a lot of people that had seen the brand, you know, they'd come up to us. First thing they'd say is, you know, oh my God, I've seen this all over Instagram and Facebook. I just didn't want to buy it because it looks too good to be true. And we had that all the time. It's like too good to be true. And then they taste it. And then it's like, yeah, cool. I'll buy the whole stand, you know? And it's like, it was, it was kind of just like a case of, I think, you know, when it's like time under tension, you know, it's like same when you're kind of bodybuilding and stuff, you just have to be in that market space, get it out to people. Um, but definitely having that, having that community and um, having a, a purpose and a why, I think definitely, you know, like if, if you start in a business purely, I, I've talked about this on a couple of podcasts, but if you start a business 
purely for financial gain and there isn't a reason behind it people see through that you know like they can just see another company and um yeah it's it's too saturated and too too much of a um crazy busy marketplace to just start a brand without a purpose or a why behind it and i guess for me you know it was creating allergy friendly traits that i could have and then macro friendly stuff um yeah what i love is that um i don't want to get too far ahead but you kind of like need to like premise what i'm going to say is obviously now you're in majors so now someone can walk into a Woolworths and it's crazy you've got a full stand there and it's so exciting for you um and it seems like the natural progression for for the business was it always your plan to go for that sort of world domination because so many people start businesses and they don't even look at their sort of closest community or market so similar to you with your fitness community let's just say a low-hanging fruit they just think i want to immediately go and just be everywhere but they don't realize how important starting that uh the brand in a community getting the community get involved and backing it and then it starts to expand into other communities i mean the brand is called macro mike so I would say 99% of people walking into Woolworths might not even know what macro means. So it kind of tells me that the fitness world was sort of where you intended it to go. When you were going through that process, did you ever think that the brand would go outside of the fitness community? Because what I'm getting at is that I love the progression of the mind when, it, when we're in business because our understanding of of business and and what we can do is so small and then the the sort of doors open further and open further and open further now you're in Woolworths was that ever your intention I think um so like pretty clear cut from day dot for me was you know the goal of the business was to get the product out there to as many people as humanly possible you know that was kind of like my mission statement from day one yeah um and it's purely based on the fact that I just want to help people that were like myself, you know, they're dealing with IBS digestion issues. You know, I spent like five years kind of working out like what my trigger foods were like, um, you know, like diarrhea, constipation, like it's not the most pleasant things to talk about, but it's just debilitating, you know, especially if you're training, like if your gut and your um, digestive system isn't in optimal, like everything else suffers in your life. So for me, it was just kind of like, you know, I'd gone through this journey of, um, creating these products purely based to help people Mm -hmm. so naturally on the back of that i just really wanted to yeah get get these products out there to as many people as possible you know like if you said to me like three years ago um you're gonna have like a massive display and Woolworths, i just kind of laughed and said yeah right but you know it just kind of happened and like doors opened and i was very much just one of those people that you know like I think because I'd worked in sales for a lot, you take everything people say with a pinch of salt and like in business, you know, a lot of people over promise and under deliver. And if you, if you get used to kind of like, um, for me, like, you know, like even when we got the Woolworths contract, it was like 12 months in the pipelines. Like I didn't get excited about it. I was just like, look, if it happens, it happens. If Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's all good. You know, we've still got a thriving business. Yeah. And I think having that attitude along the way, really helped because instead of myself like just getting fixated on that one deal or that one contract i'd be out there getting 50 contracts and it would just be a timeline of okay cool so this one's you know going to take 12 months this one's going to take nine months and then almost every week we were kind of getting a new contract and we were kind of getting like a new a new um, arm to the business Mm -hmm. um but you know i think that the difference is a lot of a lot of the and this goes back to your question as well 
it's a lot of like the growth of the business the biggest problem we've had is just keeping up with demand and you know like we we manufacture all our own products so we've got a you know pretty state-of-the-art production facility in burley heads um and it's like the only real problem we've ever had is been able to keep up with demand and that's just like you know scaling more machinery um financially like the you know the business was started self-funded we've never had investors you know backers anything like that it's just been completely self-funded and when you're a, when you're a product-based business you're very inventory heavy mm-hmm. so you know the bigger you get the the more you're trying to grow the more stock you have to have the more raw materials you have to have like more expensive it gets yeah, yeah. exactly your pot just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and like you know you've you might be making money, but you're just like pouring so much more money back into it. And the first two years was, you know, everyone's like, oh man, you're killing it, you're killing it. And I'm like, yeah, but like you should see the bank account, how much money's going out. I'm like, this killing us. But you know, like you just have to dig in. And for me, I think it was, it was definitely a long-term game. I was like, you know, this is not going to make money overnight. And then we got to that kind of two-year mark and we finally started kind of like seeing money, like more money going in than going out. Yep. And we still had like, you know, a shitload of stock um, and things like credit terms with suppliers and all that kind of stuff and um, helping companies do an invoice factoring. And, you know, there's heaps of stuff that you can do along the way. But I think for people starting out in business, you know, don't just think it's going to be a Mickey Mouse road, like 12 months, you're going to be a millionaire. Like it's not, it's not about that. You could be turning over, you know, one, two, three, four, five million, but you could be spending the exact same or double that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough and you have to really kind of just dig in and, and sort of see where you want to get to and Mm -hmm. then just keep, keep driving. And, you know, for us, all these contracts came about and, um, yeah, like even now, you know, the Woolworths, like we're, we're in, I think, 25 yep. sort of local stores like Gold Coast, Brisbane. Um, but, you know, I'm still not getting too excited about that. Like, yeah, if we have a meeting with the national category buyer um, and they want to planogrammers in 600 Woolworths stores, yeah, I might get some tingles, but I'm still kind of like not getting too excited about yeah. it. Um, That's expensive to, uh, to yeah, fund. Right. Too. Oh, well, for me, I'm <laughs> yeah. just thinking like, how do we even scale yeah, to that? Like, you know, we'd yeah. need like another full production facility. And yeah, um, yeah the poor peanuts that are going to be getting slaughtered for the peanut protein yeah. and stuff, you know, it's going to be so much. Man, with, with your ingredients, and this is something that was... Because I know that you manufacture your own side of stuff and both you and I know you can use contract manufacturers, you can do it yourself. So you've gone down what I believe is the harder route, um, definitely a strong route for, for your business and your growth and your team and your culture and everything that you're building there. But with the stuff like the peanuts and the sourcing and obviously people see you very hands-on, you're not like a business owner that's just absent. Like here are my staff and... I'm I'm disappearing for the next two weeks. Like yeah, at the sure. trade shows, you're front of stand, you're talking to the people, you're getting the message out. I know that with these buyers meetings, you'd be first front and center with them, with your distributors, with your stores and everything. How have you um, learned on this journey to obviously focus your time and efforts? Because looking at your business, there's sales, there's manufacturing, there's inventory, there's logistics, there's obviously payments, there's these trade shows that we're talking about there's marketing there's events it's, it's a non-stop type of type of gig that that you do and other business owners do but in particular your case because there's so many multifacets. 
have you looked at it and said my strengths lay in this area like i previously came from sales and macro so i'll focus on this and i'll grow my team to focus on the other stuff or is it a case of you just gone i need to be jack of all trades and make sure i cover off on every little bit of the business yeah for sure so i think like um I think when you start a business, like, yeah, jack of all trades, you kind of have to be good at a lot of stuff. But I think probably for me, the the one thing that was holding me back was not being able to let go. And I think a big turning point in the business was when I kind of realized, look, you know, you're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. Um, so having, you know, really good staff on board has, has enabled the business to kind of grow like exponentially. Um, contract manufacturing, sourcing ingredients, all that kind of stuff. Like, I guess for me, um, working face-to-face sales, you, you get very good at building relationships and building rapport. And, you know, like, for example, if you take our, um, if you take our peanut protein, we, we used to order like five, 10 kilos of that at a time. And it used to come from iHerb, that American website, yep. and it would just get DHL'd over. And, um, I remember one day I was just doing my ingredient order for the week and, you know, like we didn't have much money. So we just used to order this five, 10 kilos at a time. And it'd been like a real mission to um, source this, this peanut protein. Cause it, it just doesn't really exist in Australia. It's only something you can get from America. And then I went onto this iHerb website and it said discontinued product. And I'm just like, I just like, I just didn't even know what to do. I was like, game over, you know, like this is, this is our key ingredient. So I was like, I spent like 24 hours just like searching everywhere for this ingredient. And then anyway, the supplier that we were getting it from, um, we were getting these one kilo like retail ready pouches. I reached out to them directly in America and I kind of just wrote them an email. I said, look guys, you know, like, I know this is a bit of a long shot. Like we're, we're this Australian business. Like we've been buying your ingredient, but it's discontinued. Like, you know, at this stage we can only really order a pallet, which at the time was like going from 10 kilos to 750 kilos like it was it was stupid you know i was gonna put like my whole um like bank balance into this one ingredient um no reply so i'm like i'm like calling this dude and then you know this this farmer in in um, america answered called harold and he's like he's like um finally kind of got on the phone with him and i said look bro you know like i know you're just gonna think we're a small fish and this is gonna be the biggest waste of time but i promise you if you just you know if you give us a chance if you just show it like i'll show you that we can turn this one pallet into two pallets into four pallets and you know now we're ordering a container which is like 12 pallets every every eight weeks you know and we built that relationship from literally 10 kilos of an ingredient to 10,000 kilos every eight weeks and for me it's very much been yeah building relationships and um kind of like selling selling suppliers on where you're going to get the business. So kind of like, you know, you have to throw your weight around when you're a small business and you have to kind of like sell the dream and sell them where you're getting to. And, you know, like you have to really kind of like build that foundation, not just kind of call up like, hey, we're this small business from the Gold Coast. Can we have like, you know, some samples or can you help us out? Yeah. You have to be like, hey guys, like, you know, we're from the Gold Coast. We're, sure, the, we're the biggest like health food brand startup, you know, self-startup we've been going for three years. This is what we're doing. We're in 500 stores, you know, you have to really kind of like big it up. And I think that's how we built a lot of relationships with suppliers by um, really kind of like selling them the journey and the successes and telling them about awards and stuff. And and that really helped along the way. And then with my staff, I guess the the main thing that um, I really focus on is just leading by example. So like you said, you know, 
I'm not absent in the business. Like I'm there every day, um, working late, working early. Uh, you know, I'm not playing golf. I'm not on my boat. I'm like in the office and I'm grinding and, and like trying to sort of distill that working mentality in my staff. And, you know, we get involved or I get the staff involved in all the wins and, um, it's a real team effort. You know, it's never just me stood there taking all the glory. Mm -hmm. Um, my partner, Laura, she's amazing, super supportive. And, you know, she kind of helps like run all the day to day stuff and all, all the stuff that I just, you know, like I just can't even fathom, like filling in forms, paperwork, all that kind of stuff. She's amazing in that sense. She'll just kind of get, get it all done, but it's really kind of helped. I think the biggest takeaway from like, um, suppliers and manufacturing is just building relationships. Um, and that's probably the best thing you can do if you're starting out as well. It's awesome. We saw you at the Young Entrepreneur Awards. You had a table there with your staff and obviously you were nominated for quite a few categories, which is amazing. Um, we're just talking about how you got a bit jibbed yeah. <laughs> for that one. <laughs> yeah. But hey, man, being there and being nominated is, is is obviously a massive achievement itself. And obviously you were there, you were celebrating with your team and your team were having a great time. It was really obvious. So that was really cool. The one thing that I would love to talk about and know a bit more about is you were talking about at the start how your Instagram page was blowing up. You were putting out all this food porn and, you know, you were getting a lot of this digital traction, but you were still showing up and you were at the trade shows and you were putting in work at the trade shows. So you weren't just online, you were there physically as well. How's How important is it in growing this business to not only have a digital presence, but be there in person and actually talk face to face with your, your customer base, your, your community, the people buying from you. Yeah. I think, I think that's really important. And I think like a lot of people way back, they, they almost criticized me calling it macro Mac. They're like, you know, why, why are you calling it macro Mac? It's so stupid. And I said like, well, at the end of the day, first of all, it keeps me accountable. My name's on the product. So I can't just hide behind it. You know, if, if something goes wrong or, you know, the integrity is not there, that's on me. You know, that's not on anyone else. It's not like I can just like pass the buck on that. Um, also, it makes it personable. So people feel like they're buying from, you know, an actual person rather than just kind of like another business. It kind of makes you stand out a little bit. Um, and also, you know, big shout out to Magic Mike for making macro <laughs> Mike sound a little bit, yeah. a little bit, uh, you know, play on words and yeah. whatnot. But yeah, I think I think like it's it's definitely really important um, with such a saturated market and such a saturated, uh, you know, social media um, kind of like time that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. You really have to be at the forefront of the business and kind of like you know you have to be engaging with your customers. Um, and you have to be really sort of like present mm -hmm. and you know like for me I, I would never I would never just have a trade show and let all the staff kind of just go wild like mm -hmm. I'd be there front and center mm -hmm. um, wanting to talk to the customers and it's it's so rewarding you know you've got people like Sal said earlier um, you know people come up to me and they're like oh man like every time I see you at the trade show you got a bigger stand like yep. more staff more products like it's crazy and it's it's so rewarding because you know you're out there hustling and grinding and um yeah, like there's there's nothing better than you seeing the reactions on people's faces when they try your products for the first time and they're like, you know, they just look at you like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's nothing better feeling than that. Like, for example, one of the products that we have, um, the Gut Doctor, which is like a, a probiotic um, all-in-one sort of like 
gut health wellness sachet um, for people with IBS digestive problems. And, you know, for me, that was like, it was like a six to nine month project, like just so many hours, like I can't even explain how many hours went into that project, how much back and forward, how much R&D. And then, you know, it literally started on an A3 piece of paper, just conceptual ideas. And then for me, seeing that finished product was just so rewarding. But then like, you know, if you jump on our website, there's like, I think like 100 to 200 like five-star reviews on there <laughs> from actual customers. And, you know, these, these people are saying like, oh my God, I've had IBS for four or five years. This is like changed my life. And awesome. for me, that is like the biggest kind of like win and, and the biggest like satisfaction of, you know, starting with a, an idea and then having people just message you that you can really resonate to, you know, sure. and anyone with IBS and digestive issues you can go on there and read those reviews and straight away you're going to be like be able to resonate with that and you'd be able to straight away be like oh my god that's like me and i think that's probably um really helped me keep pioneering and keep innovating and keep putting cool products out there for sure you go yeah (laughs) i mean i was just gonna say because um obviously i've seen um the rise and everything of of what's going on and i was actually about to ask that question but you kind of already touched on it on the aspect of going out of a satisfaction type of point of view and everyone that has a business or a product or just generally working needs to have like i guess their why in terms of what will keep them going and the people that have the strongest why are the ones that are able to do seven days without blinking and just pushing and pushing and pushing and people often ask when some, I hear a master miles on me or I'm sure you get the question all the time because you work so hard how do you keep doing it but you've obviously got a really strong why behind you because you've been that sick person that's hasn't had the answers ha- hasn't like been given anything but then you've created this and you notice the difference in yourself and you've noticed obviously the results is given to other people by the reviews and everything when when it comes down to you looking at obviously your business and obviously you got a strong why with the future of what you guys are thinking is it more about everything being more about just helping more and more people or is it also at the same time you've been really fortunate in the aspect of being able to just make people realize products like your plant-based protein bar and all these other things can actually be good regardless of their symptoms um do you feel your expansion and push will always be around trying to help more people like that will be the core of what you do or is it more about just getting the product to as many people as you referred to a bit earlier just to try something different and realize that there is something in this product and in your brand that can really help yeah, I think I think it probably goes hand in hand. Like I think definitely um, both of those things. You know, like all all products start with that. Okay, cool. So if you if you take um, the protein bars for example, um, you know, like we're just kind of creating a like healthy, convenient, tasty snack. And a lot of people kind of said like, oh, you know, there's not enough protein in there, or there's too many carbs, or you know, like there's not enough chocolate chips. Blah 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 blah. And for me, it was like, we, instead of just making like a diehard protein bar that was for bodybuilders, I just wanted to create a protein snack bar that had like, you know, decent macros, like people would just grab it. And instead of grabbing for a Mars bar, they'd grab a healthy alternative. It's made with real ingredients. You know, there's 
no fake fiber in there there's no like sugar alcohols there's nothing that's going to upset your gut um and it was just kind of making it accessible to everybody so i guess it started as like you know a cool concept like let's make a protein bar but instead of going down the typical route of let's try fit as much protein as we can in a bar that still resembles some sort of snack it was more like let's just make a functional food so i think the the direction that macro mike's going is very much around functional foods that help people um and whether that might be keeping more on track with their macros um keeping their gut health intact or just creating something that's tasty um macro friendly allergy friendly like we've got some really cool products in the in the pipelines like i don't want to spoil too much (laughs) but we've got a like a peanut free protein that we're working on um peanut free bars uh you know little kiddies bars loads of kind of stuff that we're working on um and yeah it comes from that sort of like need we kind of ask our customers like hey guys like you know what else would you want to see from us um and then from there we we take that on board put pump the r&d into it um there's a real good like grant from uh the government i don't know if you guys are aware of it the r&d tax incentive um so we pump like heaps of money into r&d and then you actually get like a you know like a credit back against your tax bill at the end of the year so it's you know it's not free money but it kind of is free money Mm. and um it's a really cool space to be in and i think like in terms of where we want to get to um you know the world's the oyster like i just i just read something the other day they said by 20 by 2030 the plant-based market is going to be worth i think it was like 30 billion mm, a year crazy. which is just insane and you know that comes like plant-based meats um plant-based ice creams all mm-hmm. that it's just it's just crazy like i think even one in two one in two protein sales now in a supplement store or gym is a dairy-free um non-whey protein mm-hmm. whereas it was probably like i mean yeah. you probably remember yeah. whey. it was like one percent of the market you every know? every bit of it it was it was kind of crazy because i i often think and you've obviously watched all these docos as yeah. have i and your brain started working backwards from from a like for me anyway from a young age where i was the way type of protein guy because that was my job and it was way this WPC, this WPI filtered this, like it was just this constant, constant process. And then you're working backwards going, if it takes this much of a cow to produce this and they need this much grass, they need this much water, they need this much landfill. And I'm taking this one scoop to get that something, this balance of equation eventually was going to burst. It, yeah, it, it was sure. inevitable. Like it, it could just never continue on that con- trajectory and then there was obviously the health things that were coming into effect that certain people can stomach dairy really well i actually can stomach dairy fine it's just that i choose rather not to have it because one i feel better on Mm. plant-based stuff and two i know the effect it has on the environment um as a whole so i know this movement that you're pushing um, you probably it's not even you pushing it per se but you're doing like this awesome job of making people come into this further community around stuff and even the name of your bar like the game changer and stuff like that is such a good name because it's bringing people into this world that otherwise would have just gone nah I'd rather just go for that bar that mm. is 20 grams of protein with sugar alcohols it doesn't really make sense like how can something have zero fat yeah or zero zero carbs it's actually not possible there isn't a food source on earth that doesn't contain 
each component. It, yeah. it doesn't make any physical, physiological sense. So bringing people into the world of understanding it's real food that can be tasty, that can be good, that does work for you is such a cool concept that I think you guys are pioneering and a lot of other brands are starting to get on the back of that, which is awesome. Do you think, obviously with the trajectory of what you guys have going on there, is your next move overseas or are you thinking just keep blowing things up here or where, where do you see like the footprint of macro mic ending up yeah cool so i mean like this this year uh 2019 was very much just you know really finding our feet like even until the start of this year we were still kind of like going backwards financially and it wasn't until kind of like probably march april um this year that we started to yeah you know kind of have enough money in the bank to be able to run like stupid marketing campaigns or you know like spend heaps of money on expos like and just write it off as as marketing expense whereas before like you know you're looking at the bank account and like every dollar yeah. is you know either an ingredient that you could be buying or um something you know like a marketing spend yeah. ad spend all that kind of stuff so i think um yeah like it's it's very much been a journey of um you know making sure that we saturated the australian market first um we just tapped into new zealand uh about two months ago um so we're working with a, a pretty big distributor in new zealand and um the only problem we have at the moment is not being able to get them stocked quick enough so we're working on like logistics solutions but they're just pumping it they just can't, they've never seen like a plant-based protein just sell as much which is really exciting um and then I guess me being from the UK, um, 2020, we're looking into like the Middle East. So we've just been having a couple of chats with um, some Queensland government sort of incentives and grants and stuff that they run to help Australian businesses um, export to the Middle East, Dubai, you know, all those kind of places. And then definitely UK, Canada, USA on the cards. I guess the issue that you have um, as an Australian business going into a market like America, you know, like at the moment, yeah, peanut protein, cool. There's not many businesses in Australia that do it, but you go over to the States where you get the peanuts from, it kind of doesn't really make sense to export the peanuts to Australia, yeah, manufacture them. And then, do you know what I'm saying? So, um, I think there's enough of a market in Australia, New Zealand, Middle East, you know, potentially Europe to um get the brand out there and yeah it would be awesome to be in the states but potentially instead of trying to get our peanut protein over there we might do some of our non-peanut proteins that are coming like later this year um our gut health products the bars you know cool stuff that they potentially don't have because even you know i went to america and canada a couple of months back and you know every bar has like inulin um chicory root all these all these fibers and stuff that in in larger amounts that aren't controlled doses you know like you're talking 500 milligrams to like a a gram they're pretty bad for your digestive system you know people with ibs and and gut like sensitive guts you give them a bar with like five grams of inulin um or prebiotic fiber in it and it's just going to send their their stomach like haywire so i think and pretty much every every bar in the states and Canada is like inulin first ingredient. I'm just like, how, like, how are people even eating these? Um, so I think definitely taking the bars and stuff over to America would make sense. It's getting that price point right. 
um, getting the right relationships with distributors. And so I think, yeah, definitely for the end of this year, it's going to be very much just like Australia driven. Um, Middle East will come January to March next year. And then we're going to head over to, um, I think it's like Expo West or yeah, Expo sweet, East. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're going to head over there. Um, and I'm going to try really, you know, build some good relationships with distributors, give, give out heaps of products, say, hey, you know, this is what we're doing in Australia. Um, check out all these awards and stuff we've won. Check out the journey. You know, here's our, here's our online presence. Um, and start the conversations ticking, no, you know, start it going. That would be the ultimate. Seeing a macro might stand at Expo West. Yeah. Have, cool, you, have you been there? Yeah, no, nah, I've never been. Man, but it's like it's, they're naturally good on steroids, right? It, it's something I've never seen before. It's in Anaheim. It's like the Hilton Hotels, yeah, all it. the Hiltons combined. And it's, like you said, it's a fitness show here, but... Yeah, call times it, a million. Yeah, call it times a thousand. And yeah, to see you go from... Having a one by one here to make it to Expo West would be would be insane. What I love about this though is that we're going back to that point. It's just like you're not rushing things. You're not you're not thinking that cool. I'm going to go straight to America. I'm going to go straight. I'm going to go for world domination and world expansion. You've you've stuck with your community. You're working with sort of you know your local community your local nation you know you started in your fitness community you started to branch out now you're just really trying to work on australia and you're not rushing things i think that's the most important thing to get across to people wanting to start brands out there because they want to rush things so quickly um but one thing i wanted to talk about which you raised a couple of times was some of the flack that you've copped along the way you know you're dealing with people saying don't call yourself macro and mike that's stupid don't put these products in your you know don't make these products how have you dealt with those sort of outside judgments because a lot of the time they come from people who are probably pretty successful and have probably started brands in the similar sort of market so yeah that can hurt or that can hit you and make you question yourself what's made you continue yeah i guess um yeah uh really good question um i think for me been pretty pretty resilient and i guess like again you know not trying to cry out for a sob story but you know i've been through my fair bit of shit in my life so i think like you know somebody kind of saying like hey don't do this or you're never going to be successful for me i'm just like oh yeah another log to fuel the fire you know what i mean like i you know even when i was bodybuilding like i was you know i was working with a bunch of boys selling pub crawls and i'm like you know posting all these photos of me on instagram with my abs out and i'm just copying so much shit and you know like everybody's like oh hashtag comp prep like every time they see me and it's just like i guess it doesn't doesn't phase me at all you know like um i'm very kind of like sure of myself as a person and like you know i've i've kind of overcome like depression anxiety um you know, like I've been pretty rock bottom, man. You know, like I'd, I'd say if, if I didn't find the gym, I probably would have killed myself at 16. So, you know, for me, like um, I'm very kind of true to like what I've overcome in my life. And also I'm very kind of like confident as to where I want to get the business to go. So for me, I'd never really get too much into the politics of um, other brands, what other brands are saying, what other brands are doing, you know, like it's just tunnel vision. It's like, this is what, I'm doing this is what macro mike wants to achieve um and even the staff you know like i'm like guys don't worry about it just you know don't even don't even listen to it like we're we're doing good things in the industry we're integ you know our integrity is top of the list um what it says on the tin is what's in it uh you know we're just trying to do good things and um 
like I said, yeah, fuel to the fire. It's just, it's always been for me, it's like the more negative that you can cop and the more the more doubt and the more haters shouting, um, the more sweet it is when you start killing it, you yeah. know? And like, they're all kind of, even, even the boys like um, that I was working with, you know, they'd be like, oh, you know, you're never going to make money selling brownies. And within six months, they were packing brownies for me in the warehouse, yeah. man. <laughs> because the pub crawls were slow, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh man, can I come make some cash on the side? And you know, it's like, it's um yeah fuel to the fire for sure mike how do you protect your mental health do you have balance do you believe in balance yeah for sure something i'm something i'm definitely working on and uh, i think when you run a business it's it's tough you know you kind of like fight or flight pretty much all day every day you know you're in that sort of prolonged period of of stress and whatnot but you know like yoga meditation um you know like um working with psychologists that kind of stuff like i think you know no matter how successful people are how happy people portray, um, you know, you take like Robin Williams as an example, you know, nobody would have ever imagined that essentially he, w- he would not want to live anymore. And it's, it's quite, it's quite hard to fathom that, you know, you just look at these successful people with smiles on Instagram and Facebook, but you don't know what they're dealing with. You know, you don't know what everyone's going through on a day to day. And, you know, there's days I wake up and I'm like, man, I just, I just, yeah, I just got nothing today. But, you know, like I think, like we touched on earlier, um, having that constant, um, you know, like tick of approval from customers and people like messaging me saying, you know, you've, you've changed my life. You, you've helped me with this. That just keeps me going. You know, it keeps, keeps me, um, getting up on the morning and, um, you know, training. Uh, I've got a jet ski, so I love going out on the ski, you know, burn off some, um, some adrenaline and whatnot. Uh, good friends, you know, having some giggles, games nights, you know, I've got a really supportive girlfriend who is amazing and we've kind of done a, a date night religiously every single Friday since we've been together and, and that's like phones away, laptops away, you know, it's like cracking the whip but it's been so good for, um, I guess, like our relationship and yeah. keeping our mental health on track. Um, yeah. So I think we can all agree that like getting through those hard periods and waking up and and actually, you know, getting up and getting the job done doesn't work if your motive is always just financial or something material. And I don't think you could do it. You can't do you, it. You, you physically, physically can't do it. I've, I've pulled myself up from fucking dark moments, <laughs> yeah. real dark moments, just based on the fact of if you have a, if you have a strong enough why, it's well, it's not easy to get up. I shouldn't say that, but it, it's, it makes it's it yeah, it makes it easier because if it's a monetary thing, that money will get spent some somewhere along the line. You know, it's going to disappear at, at the end of the day. And on top of that, when you, when it's all said and done and you finish this whole thing, well, you're not going to take the money with you. So, if that's your why, it's going to be tough. It, it definitely, it's definitely going to make it way harder. One thing I definitely wanted to touch on because I feel your brand fits it into this category that I've been looking a lot at at the moment is um, infinite business and also authenticity. So they're the two things that recently that I've gone above all else for brands and people or whatever anyone's doing. Those are the two things that I think are the most important. And the infinite business was podcast me and Mill were recently listening to where the process isn't about a short-term win or a make this amount of money or any of these types of things. It's like this game journey goes forever. So if everything's going to go forever, what are the things you're going to keep continuing to do 
that will always keep you on your compass or whatever it may be and with you helping people feel better and, and all that type of stuff I go that's an infinite business because helping people will never go away it's, yep. it's something that doesn't have an end it only continues to gather more momentum and help a lot more people and then authenticity obviously people can't see this package that's sitting on our desk at the moment but there is no other protein bar or brand that has someone a logo with someone holding pancakes a chef's hat with no shirt that says macro mike with red dripping stuff like that's probably as authentic in the sports nutrition that I could imagine really in terms of being who you are and true to yourself are those the two things that resonate with your brand the most or is there anything else within your brand that you think is completely unique to you that other people don't do or other brands don't do yeah I think I think purely um the the biggest thing is just like yeah innovation and integrity so um and you kind of touched on it before you know like um you can't have a zero carb protein bar you know like yeah. i think a lot of a lot of the journey has been um for me kind of figuring out you know like okay sometimes things are too good to be true and like with us it's it's full transparency on the label you know full transparency on the nutritional information and it's kind of like we, we'll push the boundaries of of um things tasting good and things being natural and, and kind of like work with you know experts to kind of make the impossible possible but it's still possible you know it's still yeah. kind of like it is it is essentially um what what we say it is so i think the the integrity and the innovation is what really sets macro mike apart um and you know we we could have just cruise lined at like two flavors of protein two peanut butters two brownie mixes but you know we we took the range to 10 proteins instead of just doing a peanut protein people said hey look I, I really want to try your brand but i can't have peanuts so for me that resonated i was like oh man that sucks because i can't have i can't have whey protein i can't have dairy so i said okay cool like i'm gonna make a non-peanut vegan protein but without just using pea and rice protein because i don't want to go back to square one where things you know are tasting like sandy and chalky um so boom we put like r&d into different um ingredient profiles um so again innovation innovation uh and yeah just just the the integrity and um having that having that why is definitely um definitely how it's it's kept going you know i think like you guys said about um financial and uh i think if you if you purely trying to run the business um to make money uh the reason that nine out of 10 small businesses fail is because in the first two years you don't make money. And then it's very much apparent that, okay, so it's easier just to make money having a job than it is to do 10,000 jobs and be stressed for two years of your life. So that's why people quit, right? Yeah. And it's the ones that are so resilient and keep going that then go on to bigger things, I think. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love this. I love the way that this podcast went because if you actually go back and listen to each step of this podcast, we've just stepped out really what it's like right. starting a product-based business from the scratch to becoming a brand that's now in Woolworths, yeah. you know. So for a lot of people who want to start a nutrition-based product, I would go back to this podcast and li listen to obviously Mike's journey and all the things that he's gone through because this is the rawest, most honest, authentic way where this is the truth. This is the truth of starting business. There's obviously so many things that, you know, we'd love to talk to you about. We've only talked sort of about business but 
we're going to have to let you go. But yeah. the one thing that we'd love to ask all our guests at the end of the podcast is if you could just leave us with some sort of message or concept or saying or something, belief system that you have that you can pass on to our audience just to um, send them on their way with good vibes. Yeah, cool. I think just do what you love, um, you know, live every day like it could potentially be your last. Surround yourself with people, like-minded people that are on the same journey um, and just don't ever take shit from anybody. Like if, if anybody tells you you can't do something, um, prove them wrong. Epic. Where, can, where can people find you, brother? Bro, um, Instagram, Macro Mike with a zero. Um, Facebook, Macro Mike Clean Treats. Otherwise, yeah, pop into um, local gyms, health food stores, uh, some of the local Woolies. And if we're not in a store or a gym, just tell them to stock us, get in touch with us. Otherwise, jump on our website, um, macromike.com.au. Uh, check out our new products that we're going to be dropping, uh, the strawberry jam donut range, which is pretty cool. We called it We Jamming. Um, <laughs> something a little bit different. So there's, nice. yeah, some some Bob Marley vibes going on. Uh, yeah, and thanks for listening, guys. You know, it's, uh, if anybody wants any help with business, feel free to reach out. You know, I'm always happy to have a chat with anyone. Um, and yeah, just keep kicking ass. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome, bro. Thanks for coming on, man. Easy.